Facing the reality of climate change becomes even more difficult when bombarded with propaganda meant to persuade people that it doesn't exist or isn't a threat. Fossil fuel companies stand to lose a lot of money when we transition to all renewable energy. They have an interest in creating highly credible-seeming critiques of climate science. To learn more about the power of such propaganda and a force that can help people see through it, I spoke with John Kaiser, an instructor of history at Wake Tech Community College in North Carolina. For much of his life, John was a steadfast climate denier. There was a video that I used to show when I would put out tables for my conservative group at my college, and it was made to look really serious and really legitimate. So there were two news anchors sitting at a desk, or they were supposed to look like news anchors. And they would tell you all about how climate change is actually going to make the world a better place because there's going to be more CO2 and because plants thrive on CO2 and they'll get bigger and lusher and the fruits and vegetables they produce will be even bigger and more nutritious. And so it was an entire well-orchestrated kind of bit of propaganda. The evidence that increasing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is going to cause a disaster is somewhere between slim and none. However, the evidence that it's doing a good thing by lengthening the growing season and making plants grow better is somewhere between large and overwhelming. I believed everything in that video when I was showing it. I was sure it was true. I had a kind of political and religious perspective on it. The political perspective was kind of related to this idea that Ideologically, I couldn't accept climate change because if I did that, I had to accept greater government action to tackle the problem. If you're a conservative, you're led to believe that the government can't do anything well, right? At the very best, it does it relatively poorly compared to private companies. At the worst, it does it in ways that infringe on your liberties and your rights. So what you end up with is this kind of fear that if you have any kind of area where the government expands, it means your liberty declines. And so the ideology says you can't trust government to handle problems. Well, climate change is a problem, and most of the solutions we see offered that are associated with climate change are government solutions. Therefore, well, I'm just not going to trust climate change. My father was very fundamentalist in his faith. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. We would go to these creation talks, and within that, there's a kind of a whole dialogue of, you know, God flooded the earth once and made his promise he'd never flood it again. So these environmentalists tell you the seas are rising and they're going to flood over the land. Well, then they don't believe in God because God told us he would never do it again. So it can happen again. And so I had those kind of two things, that religious and political converging, that made me a pretty strong climate science denier. I wanted to know how an idea that was so intertwined with John's sense of self could actually change. When and how did he change his mind? I was a teaching assistant, and one of my students came in to me because they hadn't done the last paper. And they told me, I came out to my parents, and they kicked me out of the house. And I don't have access to my laptop anymore because they won't give it to me. I don't know how I'm gonna keep up in this class. I feel like I'm just gonna fail and I have to withdraw. I felt like a miserable human being. And I felt 
awful for things I said in the past about homosexuality. And I saw this suffering person in front of me whose parents' fear of homosexuality had led them to essentially disown their child. And I connected that with a lot of the arguments I made at kind of an emotional level, because I had to hear the students say this and realize I've been parroting these arguments about homosexuality that grow out of the kind of beliefs this person's parents have. I can't be a part of that anymore. I have to walk away from it. For John, this was a life-changing moment. He started questioning his entire worldview. That was kind of that first big break. And then after that, well, then it was the drug war and other things. But I mean, that was the first rupture there. That was the first real tear away at my identity as a conservative. I lost that identity and in the process was able to accept that climate change is there and is a reality that we have to face, right? This is a climate crisis. And I now have kids who are going to grow up in this world and I should want to do my part here to try and get some remedy to the dangers that my generation and my parents' generation have contributed to with the catastrophes that will follow with climate crisis. Perhaps the most effective tool to help us face the reality of the climate crisis is to think about the next generation. If we've been traumatized by a climate disaster, the fear may be too close to home. And even if we haven't, many of us live with a kind of pre-traumatic dread, which can also be paralyzing. I believe that love is stronger than fear. When we tap into love for future generations, we can access our courage to face what we fear and act. Thank you.